Welcome to the SPS podcast. In this episode, we're having a deep dive conversation with the Art of Purpose, who has over 150,000 followers on Twitter and runs a very successful Twitter community called Masterclass. In this conversation, we discuss his performance origins, how he went from broke to being a millionaire, and how he went from being a school teacher to being a successful business owner. Let's get into the conversation. Welcome to the SPS podcast, the self-performance strategies podcast, unlocking the secrets of self-performance so you can improve mentally, emotionally, and physically. The goal of this podcast is to help you create even more freedom of time, money, and purpose in your life. And the SPS podcast is brought to you by the 30-Day Pro Accelerator Program. If you want to find out more about that, check the show notes and click the link and head on over to stephentimony.com. Let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're in episode 23 of the SPS podcast. This is a Performance Origins special episode with Art of Purpose from Twitter. Art of Purpose is a former public school teacher of 20 years who's turned himself into a millionaire and turned himself into a full-time business owner and has over 150,000 followers on Twitter. He has a community called Masterclass and he has a number of guides and I think Create 24-7 is probably the best Twitter growth guide on the market. But welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. Welcome to the Performance Origins episode. AOP, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's really, really great to have you on the podcast. I think, you know, a little background story for everybody before we jump into the questions. I think both you and I jumped on Twitter just at the start of the pandemic. And I think I, I met you and you had like seven or 800 followers. Yeah, man. Uh, we're one of like those COVID creation accounts, you know, the whole yeah. world was turning upside down and a whole bunch of accounts. People were just like sitting home. They took, uh, I used to be a public school teacher. My classroom was pretty much canceled. Mm -hmm. um, couldn't do anything about it. So instead of watching the news and taking part in the mass depression that was going on, I was like, Hey, let's get out there and actually create something. And create content that is uplifting and going to inspire other people. So that's the origin for my account. I didn't want to sit around. I'd recently become a millionaire and I thought, Hey, what better way than to share my story with the world in hope to inspire other people? That's the beauty about social media. It's giving people another option than the depressing news that's on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a weird time. But it was such a fun time on Twitter. <laughs> I remember those things. Oh right, yeah. yeah that was. It was kind of. A, it was a very good distraction for me. I think it actually helped me. You know, the amount of people who I met, the opportunities. Uh, it was a. While it was a depressing time, we we're all working from home and things were going, you know, wrong in the world. There was a sort of a community that was built, uh, and it probably just not just on Twitter. I'm sure other uh, social media platforms went through the same kind of growth. But the jump into the podcast, you know, the jump into the questions, I mean, I, I'm glad you touched on your origins and we'll get into those. But to start off, the first question that I ask all my performance origin guests is, well, what is your personal philosophy on high performance or your personal philosophy on self-performance? I think a lot of that revolves around understanding what your purpose is mm. in life. You need to sit down and define what you want out of it. 
So what I mean by this is I feel like when I look back at things, I hit certain milestones in my life and I accelerated my progress quickly because I knew what I wanted from life. And when I think about it, it's kind of a way of reverse engineering. So one day when I was 32, I was flat broke and I woke up and I was like, I am going to become wealthy. I knew what I wanted. I didn't understand the how, but I didn't worry about the how because I was going to understand the how along the way. So when you're trying to come up with what you what you uh, are going to be doing or your next step, think more about what you want and then worry about the process as you go along the journey. You're going to, and, and this is something that I'm, I, I'm like, I, I may, I fully commit to it. So once I understand what I want, I, I go all out in it. Okay. So, uh, and that's another benefit from deciding what you want in life. Well, you decide what you want and then you go get it. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. It's that commitment to a future, to a larger goal. And about that commitment, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna get to it i think that the, the old quote uh 100% in is easier than 80% in i think too many people in their lives have their toes dipped in about 10 or 20 different things and then, and then nothing happens but when you actually get really dialed in and focused on one thing you, you make it happen and and you've done that with a number of different things uh, over the last sort of 10 years and you will start with that, that as a second question you know, you talked about being dead broke at age 32. You're now, I think it's, I think you're now 42, if you don't mind me mentioning Yeah, I'm in, my, I'm in my early 40s. Early I 40s. consider myself a boomer, though. That's boomer. just off the right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, 10, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whatever that was, in your, in your, um, in, in your early 30s, you're now in your early 40s. And you decided you went, you, you don't want to be broke anymore. So what, what was that journey like for you? What What was the... What was the biggest struggle that you had to overcome maybe mentally, emotionally, physically to actually make that journey happen? Or was it just a light switch for you? The self-discipline part, right? So when I when I said you need to go, when you decide what you want in life, you need to decide, you need to make a commitment to go all out. And so sometimes you have to do like a symbolic gesture. So one of the things that I did when I decided to become wealthy, I woke, I, I literally woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to do this. So... I then started to put the mental pieces in place. And what I mean by that is, okay, so you want to become a millionaire. You want to become wealthy, right? Now, you know that's your next step. I, I didn't want to just, by the way, I want to, I want to say this. So people go, oh, your purpose was to become a millionaire? No, my purpose was to have more time in my life and become financially independent so I can pursue what I wanted to pursue and set myself and my family up, uh, you know, from a generational wealth standpoint. Okay, so there was a higher purpose to that other than I just wanted money. It's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when when I decided to do that, I put the mental pieces in place and I thought about what I needed to do. One of the biggest obstacles you're going to have is getting everybody on board in your family. So, oh, you want to start, you know, doing these things. And when I decided to do this, the first thing I did is I had this nice Mustang convertible. It was loaded. It was completely decked out. I decided to sell it straight up and trade it for a brand new Nissan Leaf, mm -hmm. which is kind of an over the top gesture. And a lot of people were like, oh man, that's a broke person's car. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you think about it, one of the ways that people stay perpetually poor is they just keep buying really nice cars. And I was actually one of those guys. 
I was one yeah. of those guys. So I took the, my prized possession and I took it and I just absolutely sold it because I wanted people to understand I was very serious about this. Yeah. From a, so I decided to cut myself off from the materialistic good and, you know, just say, hey, uh, you know, and I factored in the cost of commuting and I realized like, well, driving a Nissan Leaf and plugging it in in my house in Texas where energy is really cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to cut my cost of commuting down by $4,000 per year. That's 4,000 bucks. Right. And then, you know, and then the, all the other dominoes fall into place once you decide to make one cut from there. And uh, so it's from a self-discipline standpoint as well. You need to make the big decisions. You focus on the big things. You go after them and you start to improve your life step by step. Yeah, I, re I really like that. I like what you're saying. I really love that gesture you made to yourself, that commitment to your future self by selling that car and, and, and buying a more economical one. Because that, that's, that, that kind of action really speaks to your subconscious or, or aligns your whole self like you're actually committing to that future, but this is what I'm doing. Uh, because I think a lot of times when people, you know, you go back to one of my favorite ever stoic quotes, uh, the don't explain your philosophy, embody it by Epictetus. Like you right. really embodied what you were doing with that, that transaction. And that's huge because you're, you're really setting yourself up for success then, because I think that's something that a lot of people miss when it comes to changing their lives, uh, you know, making big shifts is, to make big shifts, you've got to do big things. You've got to you've got to commit to big things. You've got to you've got to do things like that. You like dine sell if you're living in a big house, selling a car, whatever that might be. And I think that, that's so huge that you did that. Have you ever looked back at that and realized how impactful selling that car was for you? It was. It was everything. Yeah, it was everything. Making that kind of decision is it's kind of like a rite of passage in a way. Mm. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm taking this thing and I'm going to. Because if you want other people to, you know, if you want the rest of your family on board, some people will be like, oh, my wife isn't on board for this, or she just wants to, or they have a spouse. It's like, you know, you, you hear some guys go, oh, if I spend $1,000, my wife has to spend $1,000. Well, you know what, you, you know what I mean? And then you're in this like cycle of staying broke yeah. because it becomes like a tit for the tat and that's what your relationship is built off of. No, don't think of it like that. Be the leader. Be the one that's proactive. Hey, I'm going to sell my car. I'm going to sell all of my prized possessions. Is you're not you 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 don't want to become attached to that, right? Mental mentally, those things will wind up owning you. Yes. Right? I know that sounds like something out of Fight Club, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. and <laughs> but there's there's a lot of truth to that. The more you sit around and say, "Hey, I'm going to reward myself with this Rolex or this nice thing," and None of those things really mean anything. They're things of yeah. the world. None of, none of those, they don't really bring you any inner happiness. You know what no, brings me happiness? Uh, spending time with my family, being able to do what I love for a living, yeah. being able to wake up when I want, being able to spend time with my family, being able to go and travel where I want and experiencing. Those things make me happy. Yeah, Not some car. Yeah. Right at the end of the so one of the things that I love about the Stoics and you mentioned the Stoics I'm actually a big fan William Irving Guide to the Good Life it's one of my mm -hmm. favorite books good book and one of the one of the ideas that you know he has and it's not William Irving he's talking about what the Stoics preach but one of the Stoic ideas is to see things for what they really are right 
Yes. Is to see things for what they really are. And it's kind of in a way saying, take the red pill, right? And when you see things for what they really are, well, that car is nice, but it's only taking you from point A to point B. So what does it really matter if you're using it for that? Okay. Now you can say, hey, I bought this nice car because I want to use it as a status symbol to fit in at the country club and make influential friends. But that's not what 99% of the people are doing. Okay. 100%. I think I think it's it's great to have, if you can afford to have beautiful things, or let, let me frame this di- differently. If you're buying it because you just want it, there's no social economic status attached to it. If you, if and you can afford it, pretty much pay for it. There's nothing wrong with having big houses and beautiful cars, in, in my opinion. But when you're buying something and there is a kind of a status, or I want to look cool, or this uh, the is difference is, is that most poor people buy cars to impress other poor people. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's the difference between what I said and what I said. Well, hey, there are some people that do it to try to fit in with. Uh, yes. Well, they're using it to impress other powerful people. It's maybe kind of like, hey, I'm going to wear a nice suit to mm-hmm. a particular interview or a. That is because you're 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 showing them that you're part of this, right? So, but most poor people they like to mimic rich people's movements. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna name my kid a rich sounding name," or <laughs> <laughs> "Or I'm gonna buy this car because of that." Well, they're yeah, doing it yeah. for different reasons yes. than you are. Okay, 100%. so you have to understand that at the end of the day, if you're a guy, or if, you know, I hate using the wagey. If you're a wagey, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're buying a car you're let's be real you're 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 really only getting out of it the point a to point b yeah so you might as well minimize your losses right and I, then 100 I, yeah. I fell into that trap at a point in my life as well i think when i was in my late 20s i had an opportunity i had a, was buying a new car and i went and bought a um like a an audi a3 it wasn't like a top mm. range audi but it was like I ended up actually working for Audi years later, but it was what you would call entry level luxury. It was like their their wasn't their baseline vehicle, but it was the it was the the, the A3 is one of the more affordable options from the Audi uh, lineup. It's their smaller sort of hatchback car, and I bought it not because it was to get me from A to B. I purely bought that car to look good, and I actually ended up changing stores so i got moved to a store that was further away so initially my commute was only like 15 minutes and i had this like cool little like get around the city uh, it was gas guzzling because it was like premium gas on the a3 and, and i was all like i was all cool and i was trying to impress the ladies and then i ended up working about a, about a 40 or 50 minute commute and then it was the back end of 2008 9 when the um the crash started happening and the gas prices went up and I was right. traveling an hour and that car just completely fell apart on me. Uh, the commute, it was an older version. I bought it secondhand and it was one of the worst purchases I've ever made in my life. And I made it purely <laughs> based on status, purely based on looking cool. And it was not based on a logical, this is a good commute car. It was all ego. Uh, and that lesson right. has stuck with me. Like since that time, in my twenties, that lesson has stuck with me. I don't. I've never bought a vehicle again. It's pretty I'm... normal. Like you yeah. know, most most guys in their twenties, and this is from a boomer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> is that I think one of the things that they care way too much about is what other people think about them. Hundred percent. 
And yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, I bought this car to impress this girl or to fit in with this, you know, at the end of the day is isn't a, a lesson to my younger self. Nobody really cares. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, <laughs> bringing it back to like self-performance, you know, bring it back to what we're talking about. All of that is dumb shit. All of that is just pure distraction from your purpose. Because you talking about yes. your your idea about your self performance uh, sort of philosophy is, is is finding your purpose or creating your purpose or or having a, a really clear direction in life, which I love. But they this materialistic sort of hedonic treadmill buying dumb shit to impress people who you don't even like. It is such a distraction, and I think a lot of people are trapped in that. I, I see it, well, I obviously see it quite a lot in society, but it's this this sort of, they massage themselves or, or, or they relieve the pressure of not chasing their purpose by drowning themselves in materialism. Does that make sense at all? Yes, and I think people now more than ever are being distracted day in yes. and day out at a frequency that has never been experienced in human existence. Yeah, the it, the short form content that is out there is destroying people's destroying people's self performance. I mean, I, I I have seen it with myself. Uh, you know, you know, if I take a, an example of like, I, I hate going on TikTok or Instagram now. I can't stand those platforms. Um, while I'm trying to grow on there because of my coaching business, I find those platforms just so deadly to do i don't i don't really consume content that's the funny yeah. thing is i hardly consume i only create content really yeah i'll 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 have i have a handful i'm very i curate who i follow and what i read mm. uh you know religiously yeah and so yes of course i'm on instagram looking at what other people are doing but i am very careful on instagram yesterday it's funny you mentioned that i actually put into my story just a real simple text you are being distracted yeah. And I got so many messages just in black with white text. You're being distracted. Mm -hmm. And I got so many messages and likes from that one particular post. You need to recognize that. That's yeah, why I don't yeah. watch TV. I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I, I haven't watched a movie in. I haven't watched a movie since The Joker because I thought it was so awful. I didn't. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't enjoyed it. I, I, I There's two things ruined modern media for me game of thrones i was watching game of thrones steven and the ending was so bad it was the last two seasons were it was so awful that i shut off i shut off and i was like i'm i can't watch tv like i spent like you just think about what a joke it is. it's almost like you're the joke in game of thrones you know, it's yeah. like performance art i sat there and like i can't believe i watched this show over eight years and it was this and yeah. I wasted all of that time. I'm not watching TV. Like I just, and then I never watch TV again. And uh, I don't watch TV. I, I watch, uh, I do watch baseball. Like I am just like, I'm not going to lie. I'm like a human being. That's like the only thing I watch mm -hmm. on TV. Um, I don't watch any modern media or news or any of that stuff. The Joe, I watched the Joker because so many people were like, you got to watch the Joker. So I sat down and watched it. I was like, this is a horrible movie. It's just so depressing. And yeah. the guy who's in there is such a whiny B, dude. It's just like, what? Why do I, why, why am I even watching this right now? Was I felt embarrassed for myself for like actually watching it. Again, yeah. like it was like performance art. I was like, 
I got, I just lost 90 to 100 minutes of my time. I could have been yeah. doing something meaningful that's part of my purpose in life. Yeah. Other than sitting here watching this loser on screen. One oh, but you under, you'll understand how they come. No, you're not. None of that is genuine, dude. <laughs> Give me a break. It's just some Hollywood depiction of what a loser is with no redeeming qualities. Least, yeah. He's just a mess. Not not a movie that I, I will ever go back and watch again. I, I nearly turned it off at one scene. Um because I was, I don't often get that offended about things, but there was a scene and he's coming, he's, he's dancing to a song down a set of stairs and my ears pricked up and I went, why are they using that song? And and you, and a lot of people in North America wouldn't get this, but the guy- What was the song? What was the song? It was he a was... song by an artist called Gary Glitter. And oh, he, the Hay song where yeah, that yeah, yeah. oh I he I know a, all about that song yeah and he not to get too deep into it but he I he's, know yeah uh, he is not a good person uh, well just say that, that he was he was into uh, underage underage right? uh, yes yeah Gary yeah yes. absolutely and, and you hear that at football games right you hear that at uh, American football games if you're listening. Yeah. And that, that, that he was part that. of like this really creepy period of, of British sort of culture mm. uh, where a lot of these people are in power, you know, for a long time and they did horrible things over a number of years. And, and that, that guy has been like, he's been erased out of British history in a sense, but culture, because like, you just don't play his songs because you, you, you there, I mean, I know, I know there's a whole, like, you can separate the art from the, from the artist, but there's certain no, people who do I actually things. don't believe, I actually don't believe that by yeah. the way. I, I am because all art is a reflection of somebody's soul. Yes. So at its core, yes, yeah, who you are matters, and what you do exactly. matters. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I was, I, I don't very, very rarely do I watch something and get like actually like that. And I don't, I don't want to say this because I don't want to sound like a, a millennial or a Gen whatever. I was offended. That's offensive. <laughs> I was like, what are they using that song? Don't for? use the term offended. Just say, hey, you thought it was. <laughs> You thought it was what? 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 Distasteful. You weren't offended by it. Yes, you offended. thought it was distasteful, and then you didn't want to consume that content anymore. Exactly. You, the thing is, yeah. you weren't offended. You just have standards in life, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a much better way to put it. Put it. I, I was. I have standards in life. I didn't like that song. I didn't. Uh, it, 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 I disliked it, and I nearly turned it off, but I kept watching it because I think it was towards the end of the end of the movie. But I, I definitely, it's one of the first things I said to people after I watched it. I was like, no, they used this song, didn't like it, ruined the movie for me. Uh, really bad research on, on behalf of the of the director or the people who did the music and and, and for me everyone who look I'm just going to yeah. tell you this everyone who's in the music world and I'm actually a musician everyone in the music world knows that about Gary Glitter or whatever his name is they all know that so when they're they're, they're everything is carefully placed in these movies to a degree so yeah that's that's the sad thing is that yeah the people the care that people do take over the music because you know people really think about what song what the meaning behind the song yes you know they really they, they just don't it's not a a, a a random tv show where they don't really get to choose the music they just got to play with the can it's usually like studio made music uh -huh. this is an actual hollywood movie with hundreds of millions of dollars behind it yeah uh, and and the guy the, these people are usually real audio files as well if you think of any um um like the guy who did Pulp Fiction is named Tarantino movie. Like how much right. of a music nut he is yeah. as well. Uh, well, think yes. about the guy. Yes, exactly. The guy who picked that music in The Joker is just as much of a music nut as Tarantino. They just, yeah. These guys know everything about every single artist and their background and all the stories. And it was still consciously chosen like that. Yeah. And that's just uh, 
terrible for your self-performance to listen to music like that <laughs> <laughs> i well it's terrible for your performance to watch stuff like this and you know it I don't know. To, as, as again, I said with Game of Thrones and the Joker, I watched these two things kind of close to one another. And I was like, what is, there's no point to any of this. I have better things to do with my life than to consume this kind of content. None of this makes me a better person in yeah. any way, shape or form. And I think people should have a little bit of higher standards when it comes to, you know, watching uh, when they're consuming content. Yeah, I 100% I, I agree. I think when I stop, stop watching a lot of television. Now, I'll be honest, I will watch the odd movie from time to time. I will watch the odd show. I usually have one show max on the go at a time. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, not a huge TV consumer. Uh, and I think I, I like watching d different things. But it's not something I spend a lot of time doing in my life. I used to because back in my journey, when I first when I stopped partying, um, you know, in my late, late 20s, early 30s, and I started to sort my life out, I exchanged going out and partying for watching TV and movies. And I think that became like a crutch for me in a way, you know, so right. it's it, it, it still sometimes I know what if I'm not mentally in a good space, uh, sometimes or if I'm feeling a bit of a bit, a bit so stressed. the issue. Okay, so the issue wasn't that, though. Yeah. Right. Because I could see a lot of younger guys in their 20s, geez, sitting there like, oh, well, you know, I could go out there and get pissed drunk every night or I can watch the latest Netflix. The, the It's not it's not one of you're not beholden to one of those two choices. Right. No. And this is why I say you need to define your purpose much more. Yes. So let's say your purpose was instead to build an online business so that you don't have to work a nine to five anymore. Yeah. Well, neither of those would even be an option for you. You would be like, exactly. well right exactly. right that's why the definition of what you want out of life is so important because then you won't be led down the path of well i really either got two options right either sit at home and watch that and i think most people and i've been there too Stephen, is like go out or play these video games like yeah. i used to play video games one of the highest roi you know returns that i ever got in life was stop playing video games yep I, i'd have to agree with you on that for me it was it was the hours on uh, two two types of games I used to play. Uh, I used to play a football management game. Then there's a Total War series that I used to play. Oh, I know what those are like. Yeah, and those those kind of like Sims suck you in, right? Yeah. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it if you were doing it like in a very healthy small doses. Yeah. But those games are designed to keep you hooked and have you playing them for like 10, 12 hours a day, yeah. right? It's like, oh, one more turn, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. one more one more season for the football manager sim game, right? And you have to be aware of that because, you know, what you could be, you know, somebody might be like, well, I they think of it like this. I paid $39 for football manager and I got... 1000 hours out of it what a deal like i've actually heard people say yeah what a deal uh you just lost uh how many somebody run the math for me what's 24 hours like you know yeah you just lost like you know 50 days out of your life playing a game yeah that's that playing that is, a game it is shocking because that that is high i i lost like hundreds of hours i mean steam does that horrible thing where you play it it actually tells you how many hours you played in each game 
And I think and somewhere I had, like a badge of honor. Yeah, you get a badge of honor for being like a hardcore. Uh, uh, player. I spent 100 days of my life playing a video game. Yeah, it's so bad. I, I remember one of the key things I, I mean, this happened years ago for me. Um, it's actually when I started sort of dropping the games for a little bit. But I remember uh, in one of the soccer games, I uh, took my country, Northern Ireland, to the World Cup final and won it. And I was so happy. And then about two minutes later, I, I hit this sort of low of like, what the fuck have I just done with the last like month of my life? I've just played this right. game uh, in between working with this sort of like little mission. And that's that's the thing about those video games and the things where, where you said, where they like drag you in. And it's what I like about business is because you're thinking two or three steps ahead. You're thinking mm -hmm. what you need to do next. And they, they, you're always like moving towards these short term goals. And that's why they you know what's in. a better video game than football you know manager 2021 or something like that yeah. it's called running your online Bus business yes. <laughs> and you know and i told people this when i got on twitter i i don't really play i i have occasionally but i don't really play video games and i don't watch movies or tv or any of that stuff my favorite video game is like running my twitter account like let's see how many likes or or building my net worth or helping my family, you know, achieve X, Y, Z goal. My purpose in life has replaced the video games. Yeah, that's short term stacking of wins. The that hundred percent. Same for me. Looking at back at my analytics, uh, going through different tweets, seeing engagement, like scrolling through the analytics and and looking at. Oh, that's really weird. That tweet got like four percent engagement. Why? It's just a platitude where you know normally threads when you get that kind of high of, of, of engagement if you know what I mean um, so yeah it, it, it definitely has for me turned into, Twitter did turn into a bit of a game where you're trying to like perfect the art um, you're always trying different things and I think that's where I, I, I love the the whole online business it, it has turned into a, a game for me and, and you are creating those short-term feedback loops I think the more feedback loops that you can create in your life or your business and Twitter's a great feedback loop because it's instant uh, the, the the more you'll get sucked into it, the more you won't need TV, the more you won't need video games because you're you're entertained by life. Right, right, right. Dopamine hit and serotonin, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I almost call like serotonin spiritual dopamine. Yeah. So a video game is going to give you a dopamine hit. And so, you know, so you play it and you get rewarded with like fake points or, yep. you know, that that championship that you you didn't yes. really win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like Skinner, Skinner's box with the pigeons, you know, they get like yes. a little nugget or something right that. And video games reward you with like those cheap dopamine hits yeah. and people get addicted to those cheap dopamine hits. But what you should be getting yourself addicted to is spiritual dopamine. Mm. And what I mean by that are those it's how like you're gonna wake up in the morning with more energy you're gonna feel spiritually inspired you're gonna get so much more done when you get addicted to that kind of dopamine like like for instance <clears throat> when you go to the gym right and you lift weights and you ever have like that post workout i'm sure you get that when you play soccer right you play a match you just feel so good after the match right yep that's your body signaling to you that you need to do more of that in a way yeah and those are the dopamine hits that you need to listen to not like hey i want a trophy a fake trophy on some virtual game you know 
that's that's a dopamine hit that you'll get and it will last for one second it's, it's and that's why you're yeah yeah it's hollow right yeah. so you need to pay attention to those things that as i say bring you energy when i wake up in the morning i feel so good because i've built a life around me that is spiritually fulfilling yeah and i think there's a great framework about how your goals you should verbalize your goals in a way that you're able to achieve them on a daily basis and when you start verbalizing your goals like that or you set your goals up in a way that you can be like oh i did this today and did that today and that's a win that's when you're getting those feedback loops that 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 spiritual don't mean you're talking about it so for me you know it might be creating a million dollar business let's say that's my big big goal but what does that look like for me down to on a daily basis to win it's connecting with people on twitter it's writing content that gets eyes like i i've probably mm -hmm. two million plus views i mean you're probably at four or five million uh, with your views a month so if my ultimate goal is to help millions of people to help them prevent doing the dumb shit that's uh, stopping them from reaching their potential that's a big ass goal but what does that look like on a daily basis? It's writing content that gets likes and you know people sign up to my email list. So that is a daily win. But then on the health side, when I go for a walk each day, every day I'm winning because every day when I get when I do my review of it today, I'm like, what did I do today? Oh well, I, I tweeted three times. I had X amount of views. I got a couple of email signups. I had a phone call booked. Did a podcast with uh, Art of Purpose. You know, went for a walk for an hour. Like I, I've stacked like five, six, seven, eight, nine wins. And you're going to feel so good from hitting all of those real wins, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the spiritual dopamine. It's like, hey, I'm taking care of the things like a boss. You know, I hate saying that, but like, like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking care of your business. And I guess there's a little bit of like the type of personalities that we are. Maybe you just mature that way. I know you're like a performance coach. I, this is how I take care of things. Like I, I wake up in the morning and I make a list of all of the things that I need to do. And then I don't stop until all of those things are done. Mm -hmm. And then, and then after that, and then like after I have a, and the truth be told, I could make this list endless. Like there's, I almost thought of it today. It's like, I could make 50 things on this list. There are so many things I can do, yeah. but I make a list. And then once I'm done with it, you know, that then I enjoy the rest of my day the essentials yeah I, I have two I have two lists each day I have my peak three or my big three my big rocks oh cool uh so that's my three big things maybe on a Saturday and Sunday I, I don't have as many because uh one of my big rocks will be hanging out with my wife going for a longer dog walk doing something with my family uh so during the weekend my it was Friday through Sunday my big rocks move from being all about work and career to being about family and, and connection, if that makes sense. Um, so though I have those big three, and then out of the big three, I choose an OBG, the one big goal. So it's the one big thing that I have to get done. Like out of the three, if something happened in my day where I get distracted, but what's the one thing I have to get done this day? I, and today my OBG is talking to you. This is it. This is like my one big thing. Oh, today. that makes me feel good. So yeah, you're you're the most important <laughs> part of my day so far. Uh, oh man! <laughs> uh, so I, I get this done, this this podcast done. It, it opens up just so much more because I know I'll post it later this week. Uh, there's a whole bunch of roll-on opportunities from that that could happen because of this podcast. So it's, it's it's an important goal for me today. And then I have a subsection list of just a whole bunch of like small things I have to do, like sending out Zoom links to clients for this week. You know, 
updating things. But those things aren't like immediate. They're not urgent or that important. Like I could do them tomorrow if I had to, but I've just decided I'm going to do them today. So I, I have two kind of lists. I have the big list of the things I have to get done. And then I have like the list of like just busy work, you could call it. Uh, and that list is, it's not not even a list. It's its usually just like four or five things that I've written down in my in my journal that I, I have to get done. So I, I try not to do, to have like massive lists in my day. I, I try to, again, it's the quick feedback loops. If I'm aiming to do three big things a day and I get those three big things done each day, every day I'm winning. Every day. Right, right, right. And if I get my OBG done, my one big goal done every day, like I, I, I win every day. Like I, I don't know the last time I didn't get my OBG done in the day that I said it. It's I it, I, don't, I can't even remember. I can't think of the time I yeah same here. It's like I'm always doing knocking out the goals and I guess it's the type of personality you need to be able to succeed when you're running an online business, right? No one's gonna pat you in your back. That that's the thing, and I yeah. think that's one of the big things. You know, get a little bit into my journey. One of the big things where I really felt it last year, like it's been. April last year was the last time I got a, a paycheck coming in from corporate. So what that's, what, three months, four months, uh, 16 months then, uh, if I'm thinking, uh, that I've been on my own. But I can tell you the first, maybe even six months or longer, you know, that mindset. So I spent 15 years plus in corporate, in in a job, having, having a manager, having a boss, having, having people tell me uh, either positive or negative things. And then when you remove that from your life and you're just on your own. Mm, that's scary. I, now think scary. about this. Think about this success theory. Or Steven, sorry. Steven, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is old habits, buddy. My, yeah, my old, but, my old habits. Like, think about how most people go through life. You know, yeah. they wake up in the morning, they turn on the TV, they watch the news, they head to their job. They get told what to do all day long. The news tells them what's going on or what to think about what's going on. Then they get go to their job. They get told what to do all day long. It mentally exhausts them. Then they come home and they pop onto Netflix and they get, you know, preached to about some XYZ meaningless topic or distraction that they have. How much of their time is devoted towards creating or pursuing their purpose or yeah. going after or or even thinking about their own thoughts. And it's a very dangerous way to live life. And why is that AOP? They're good people. They're just following orders and doing what the machine needs. I mean, the you know society needs them to do. Well, it's very dangerous because there's no reflection about what the whole point of their whole existence is. Yeah. Right? Where is their spiritual journey with that? Yeah. Yeah. There, it's just other men and other people telling them what and how to think. That's it. There's no, there's no greater purpose behind it. Like, you know, how often are they going out there or you know working on developing themselves or going out and thinking about or going for a walk, even and thinking about you know what am I doing with my life? What do I need to do? All of their news and the TV and being told what to do is it makes people feel comfortable because they don't have to think about the bigger things in life. Yeah, you know, I, I've definitely seen that in my own life as well. You know, I've definitely gone through that period of growth where you go from full distraction, full, full kind of like lost in a sense. I mean, I, I can remember my 20s being like that, like everything was music and parties and TV mm. and movies and games. And there was always like, I always had this level of unhappiness 
and I don't really feel like I got to understand what that was until I removed all those distractions. Stopped playing video games, pl stopped watching lots of TV. I don't even have a TV in the house. If I do watch something, it's usually yeah. on my laptop or my phone. And when I removed all those distractions, um, you're left alone and you, you, you're left alone in the void. You're looking into the void and you're like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, what the fuck am I doing with my life? What, what, what am I actually, what, what do I actually want to achieve? And I think that's one of the best things you can do is actually removing all those distractions and actually asking yourself those questions. Because since I started asking those types of questions in my own life, my own self-performance has, has dramatically changed. I mean, I went from being like you broke, partying, drinking too much, partying too much, to running a successful business in what, a decade? It, it, right. That, that is a pretty short turnaround when you actually start listening to yourself. You remove those. Distractions. Have you ever met a person? Have you ever met a person that doesn't like being alone with their own thoughts? Yeah. You ever see those people where they have to constantly be part of some kind of, I don't know, some, they're always, they're like the type of people at work who are the ones that are constantly creating drama yeah. or making you do XYZ tasks for no reason. I, I lived with a, a, uh, uh, years ago when I first moved to Vancouver, I lived with a, a, a lady, a woman like that. And I, and I called it uh, always being in the storm. Mm. Uh, they, they always, there was always something going on that was serious. Yeah. But, but it was not serious. There was nothing right? serious. That's, a, that's a great point. I love this. Keep going, man. Yeah. And it was, that's the it, crux of it. Yeah, it is. It was. It was. There was always a, a cause. There was always an argument. There was always a following out. There was always something happening with, in our family. It was just constant. There was always. She was always with other people, and it was just this. As I said, it was just this storm. And I, then I started seeing of other people. I started seeing the people who I worked with in the corporate world, other managers, other people, people who would purposely just create drama. Uh, especially one guy I used to work with in retail sales, uh, commission sales he would purposely like create a storm like throw a hand grenade into the store disrupt people like a like a, a mental hand grenade like have an argument with somebody get managers running around having meetings with people and then he'd go out and absolutely smash it that day so his thing was to disrupt everybody else get everybody else like in a storm so then mm -hmm. He could then he fed he fed off the negative energy and he went and and did his thing and it's just these weird sort of like negative energy. Uh, it, it's not people that I love being around because it's like they have to create this this sort of noise around them. They have to have that drama. There has to be something crazy going on around them at all times, and I don't think that that's a healthy way to live a life most of them well not most of them all of them i've never met a person who lives like that that actually has a fulfilling life like yeah. have you ever met one of those type of people and it's like well i have i have six kids and everything is good their lives aren't in order right no <laughs> like the fruits that they bear are pretty not you know they don't have where you really want to go in life none of those people do yeah no, I, I agree with that. It's they're they're not, 
Yeah, they're not the people who want to model your your, your future on it. And no, it's, <laughs> it's not people that I aspire to to hang around with or, or want to want to emulate at all. But yeah, it, it is something that you notice quite a lot, and I think that is. I don't know. I don't know whether it's a type of person or whether it, we go back to what we were talking about with distraction. It's like we've got this sort of society now where that something has to be happening all the time in your life. Mm, yes. Like people just can't stand in a lineup to a bank where they're having a phone in their hand or when they're in the shops. Mm. Everybody's always got to be doing something. Like I, I it's a I, da- it's a it, it's a dangerous way to live life. Distracted. Yeah. I often take the dog out for a walk about my phone. I often go up to shops about my phone. Because I, 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 I look at that, I look at my phone now and I'm like, you're trying to distract me. Like you, that, that you're designed, there's parts of you that are designed to distract me, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. So I, I will purposely remove that from my life for mm-hmm. hours of the day. But I can remember years ago when I worked in retail and I know it was partly because my clients might be, um, sending me messages who were coming into the store when I worked in commission sales. But I left my phone at home one day and I felt the first few hours, I, I felt I, I was just so, not, I don't want to say in distress, but it just felt empty. I felt there was a part of me missing. Um, but by the end of that day, I actually had a really good day. I actually had a really good sales day because I was more aware of what was happening on the sales floor because when I was bored, I wasn't sitting staring at my phone. I'm with you on that, man. Yeah, and that, that, I'm with that, you on that. Just go for go for a walk alone in a you know alone in a park for an hour or two. Yeah, right. What's wrong with that? Right. You don't have to be constantly listening to music or being entertained in every way, shape, or form. That's not what life is about. Life, and I and I think like and I'm going to criticize boomers because I can because <laughs> I am one. But you know, boomers go through life and a lot of them think life is all about being entertained. Mm. Right. Now I'm going to also say is this is a hard truth. I also think, you know, the zoomers and the millennials are just like that too. They're just like boomers. They just don't want to admit it. Okay. That's, that's a red pill for you, but (laughs) they, they just point the fingers at people who they can blame but they're just like that too. They constantly want to be entertained when you're constantly living a life that is revolving around being entertained you're not re- you're pursuing somebody else's goals not yours yeah right there's those are those are businesses and they're there to get you hooked on their type of dopamine mm-hmm. and you're not pursuing your spiritual dopamine you're not pursuing your purpose you're not pursuing what is really fulfilling in your life if you're if you're going say hey i need to sit down and be this is the thing about things that are entertaining okay in quotes i'm doing a quotes you can't see it but (laughs) things that are entertaining drain you of energy yeah that's what they're designed to do because they're designed to get you hooked you play this video game you sit there for 12 hours you're up till three in the morning you wake up and you're feeling emotionally drained the next day and you're barely getting through work and you're barely getting through your day and you're not having any opportunity to think about your bigger purpose in life. No, it, it, that is so true. That is so true. They are there to steal your energy and your 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 focus. Right. Yeah. Your attention is the most valuable currency that exists. It is. And and they're, everybody's vying for your attention. But realistically, you should be in charge. of Your, your attention needs to be centered in on your, your deeper goals and yourself. Yeah. 
100%. right? So how much that's how much of your time, how much of your attention, right? Think about where you're spending your attention. Is it on external forces or are you using them for internal as well? The thing about attention, I think a lot of people, I think get where, where they get wrong with that is they, they focus it on, we go back to the people of the storm, they focus on the wrong, on the wrong things. They focus it on, as you say, bringing entertainment into their lives. They focus it on being distracted. And because where you put your attention, what's that quote? Uh, where your attention flows, you flow. Is that is that the quote? I might I have to probably look it up online. I don't know, but it makes sense. It makes I'll sense. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it works. It is, there's a lot of truth to it. You are what you consume. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. You are what you eat. Like for instance, if you're gonna sit and watch the joker or movies like the joker for a whole week and are, do you think you're going to end up more depressed or less depressed from it yeah it's it's, a, it's obviously a right yeah i i can remember watching recently over the last sort of couple of years um there was a show that i liked and it kind of petered off at the end but i remember catching up with a couple of seasons of it maybe last summer i think it was a show called peaky blinders and I know a lot of a lot of uh, guys on Twitter, money Twitter, have the like, main. Oh, they love there. that guy. From, yeah, they love yeah. that guy. And I remember watching it. It's so funny. But I, I binged, uh, I think, two seasons off to get caught up last summer. And I don't think the last season came out this year. And I watched it. it was only six episodes, and it wasn't wasn't the best. But I can remember that couple of weeks that I was watching that show. I I, I felt more aggressive in my life. If that makes sense. I felt like there was a, because the show was very macho, very sort of, uh, you know, in your face, man, manosphere almost. And I, I just remember like out walking my dog and, and, and like thinking about the show and kind of being like, wow, this is actually influencing, not in a big way, but I could definitely feel like it had taken over a little bit of my thinking. And I, and I then I started thinking, I shouldn't be binging shows. I just shouldn't do that. Because it really just overtakes your whole mind when you binge a show. And I know you don't shows, want to Shows are a form of programming. Yeah. And I think so that, you sitting there, yeah. There's a part of your mind that can't distinguish the reality from the, what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's being aware of that. And I think, I think the, old, the older I get and the more that I do sort of like reflective work and journaling, I mean, I journal twice a day every day, the, the more that I think about my thinking, the more that I actually realize when I watch a show like that, and I binge a show like that. I'm like, hold on a second. My thinking's changed a little bit. That's I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that happening to me. Uh, and that's one of the reasons now where I, I will rarely, like I remember when shows used to come out years ago, like on Netflix when it first like blew up and the whole binge thing was like new. Like you could, I could watch like a uh, like a 14 episode show over a weekend. This is going back six or seven years ago. But I would, I, I just refuse to do that now. Right. I think it's okay to consume certain types of content as long as your levels of awareness are heightened from it. So yeah. when I do consume content, a lot of the times I will ask myself certain questions after consuming. For instance, like what was the big lesson? What yeah. was my reaction to it? Do I agree or disagree with it? Um, I think some people think like they're not allowed to disagree with things like, yeah, you can you can consume content and say, um, you know, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to it's your way of getting something out of the content. 
right instead of just sitting there passively with you know like drool on your face it's like i'm looking at this like uh you know i'm i'm there to be entertained and i'm not going to think too hard about it now if you're going to consume content you better at least think about it and reflect on it and compare it to what's going on in your life that's, that's a very, very so you could have looked at picky blinders and been like well these guys are doing all of these things well maybe there's a lesson to my younger self that i could teach right like these guys act like all hard dudes in their 20s and they're right but you know maybe there's something that they need to know <laughs> there's always something to pull out of anything if you ask yourself the right the right questions and i think that sometimes when i don't when i'm when i don't like a show or i drop a show is because i don't really feel like i'm getting those lessons or, or thoughts from mm. it i think that's why i enjoyed the first sort of three or four seasons of game of thrones because you actually were like wow this is intelligent there's like some moves being played here some chess moves there, you know the intrigue there's there's a you're you're getting something out of it uh, but like the last couple of seasons were just awful it's like well this is what is this crap there's nothing there's nothing smart about this right so so the way i define what is good content good content is going to stick with you and make yeah. and you're going to reflect on it you know like a, a, a bad piece of content is going to give you like a cheap dopamine hit and then you never think about it again but a good piece of content that you have you're going to think about it and say it's going to improve your life you're going to think about it and you're going to say wow this kind of you know this changed the way that i look at this one particular thing and you need to reflect on that and you need to ask yourself questions and you need to talk about it with other people too as well you need to dig deep into the content the good content is going to be ones that you discuss that you think about that sticks with you bad content is just cheap and disposable yeah you know i think one thing i've noticed with content especially you know, where we were lucky to grow up probably during the, the peak of of great movies i think the the streaming services that are around now is you don't get i don't think you get the same kind of movies that are made anymore you just don't yeah you don't, you don't movies get now are like you're right movies now are kind of like that it's you know cut and paste it follows yeah. the same formula especially all those marvel movies i have yeah. never seen any of those marvel ever i have yeah. never seen a marvel movie because it's i already know it's just a cut and paste you know get people in the seats entertain them for a hundred minutes and have them addicted to the next one that comes out and there's nothing there's nothing that's going to like you're gonna not, you're gonna watch it and you know i enjoy sometimes an occasional documentary yeah right because it's going to, you know, you're going to think about it. I was watching this one documentary recently on Amish, how the Amish live. And I was just absolutely <laughs> blown away. By it. You know, here's people that are just so happy. And yeah, you talk yeah. to these Now, look, I'm sure that there's Amish people that are not happy. Yeah. You know, and uh, the, the few that went on camera to talk with them were very happy. And they were very at peace with the world. And you know what they don't have? They don't have a TV in their house. Mm. They don't. They're not they're not addicted to social media they're doing what they want to do in life and they have a lot of time to think deeply about what they're doing and they have a spiritual connection to the world and they're happy from within yeah. and most people aren't happy right most, so the amish yeah, yeah the amish have like an 80 90 percent retention rate i don't think people know that or not you know and it's one of the they have over a million people now 
in that. But a lot of it has to do with they're doing things that regular people in this world aren't doing. They're getting out there. They're getting out and working out in the fields. They're getting sun every single day. Almost every day. Right. They're creating. Yeah. Every single day. They're doing what they want. They wake up, they go out, they work in the fields, they spend time with their family, they say their prayers, they eat ice cream every single time for dinner. They, you know, yeah. they do what they want and, you know, they don't drink alcohol. Like, There's a lot to learn from that yeah. because if you talk to them, they're, they're actually happy with the world and they don't even know what's going on. Some of the, some of the, I was watching this documentary and they're like, do you even know who, what's going on right now in like the Ukraine or with like this? And they're like, no, we have no idea. Like the sun rises and we work out in the fields and, you know, we feel at peace with the world. We don't even care what's going on in the world. That doesn't really have anything to offer, but there's a giant red pill for you there. Yeah. The world doesn't really, the the world doesn't have anything to offer. Yeah. That reminds me of a fable or a story. I don't know whether it's true or not, but the, uh, CEO or some like big tech guy who goes down to a Mexican fishing village and he's walking along the beach and he sees this guy, you know, bringing in his, bringing in his fish for the day and on his boat, right. he's working on his own and he starts speaking to the guy and the guy's in his, you know, forties or fifties, similar age. And he starts talking to him about what his day is. And the Mexican guy talks about, yeah, I go out, I fish in the morning for a few hours. I come back in, I go to the market with, uh, drop off a fish, get a bit of money, buy some stuff. I go home, I, I, I do some stuff around the house, uh, we cook dinner, then I uh, hang out with my family, and then at nighttime I hang out on the porch and you know, play guitar with my hombres and drink some beers and, you know, whatever, and it's a good life and just do it all again tomorrow. And the CEO starts talking about, well, you know, if you got somebody to help you, you got two boats or three boats, you could end up making more money, you could expand out, and he starts talking about all this sort of, like, you know, if you, you could make a multi-million dollar business, and then you know, at the end of the fable, the Mexican guys, well, what's the point of doing all that? And then the, the CEO was like, so you can get up in the morning, do a little bit of work on your own, hang out <laughs> with your family and then drink, play guitar and drink beer at the end of the night with right. your own race. So like, it, you know, the, the Mexican guy's already living the dream. The, the difference is, is that the Mexican guy knew what he was doing, what he was living for. for yes. The CEO didn't know all of those strategies are great. He didn't have a purpose behind his actions. Yeah. So he he didn't get it. It was like, whoa, you know, you already have. That's why you got to. That's why you need to think about what you want to have. Yes. First. Yes. I think that's really key, and that's where we'll segue into this next question because I, I like asking this question uh, to people. If I could give you a realistic but magic wand, yeah, where would you like to be in the next? sort of 18 months or two years with everything you've got your community you've got your high ticket uh, sort of one-on-one coaching stuff you've got your your courses you've got this massive twitter following you're you're, i've seen you growing on instagram now as well you know with your purpose with your art of purpose over the next 18 months or so where where, where are you going what's your big what's your big purpose going forward from a magic wand standpoint i just want to have a you know, a spirit, a deeper spiritual connection to the world and a happy family. That's beautiful. That, that is, that is where I want to be. I would actually, and the other, the other thing is, and I've been thinking deep about this lately is I want to, I want the world to start thinking more from a religious 
deeper perspe- uh, spiritual pers- perspective. Mm. Okay. So, and what I mean by this is I believe all of my, you know, I believe all of our content is religious at the end of the day. It's just that what it's religious about. And I think the, I want my content and I want what the, the ideas that I write about and what I'm talking about to hit people from a different perspective, the way that TV and regular media doesn't where that distracts you. I want mine to help you find yourself from a deeper, find yourself in a deeper level. Yes. Right. So that's, that is my ultimate, that's my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I started my account. You know, I, I, before COVID, I lost all my classroom. I had also become a millionaire right at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when I became a millionaire, I, it felt, it felt good for one second. And then I saw like the number (laughs) I was watching the digits, like it was a video game go up and up and up. And one day my net worth tracker hit seven figures and it felt good. I thought like balloons would fly from the ceiling. zippity doo dah. <laughs> but no, after that, I was like, nothing happened. And I celebrated it. It was nice. It's nice. But at the end of the day, yeah, it was like, I want to have a deeper connection with this world. And a lot of it came through content creation, sharing my ideas, meeting other people, getting to know them at a core level. Right. Twitter is a networking site at the end of the day. Yep. Right. And you know that. Yep. And all of the people that I've met along the way, it's all about being on that spiritual journey. Yes. So I want people to start thinking about that. I think people being distracted, and it's been part of the plan for a long time to get people to consume relentlessly and just be distracted. I want my content to help society move in the other direction yeah that's my magic that's my magic wand if i could do something because i think that's going to be a better place to live for our children yeah no i would i would agree with that i mean that's that's sort of a similar idea that i have my my sort of overreaching goal for my whole content is you know i i want to help million you know help prevent millions of people from doing the dumb shit that distracts them from their potential and yes you know, your potential is getting connected to your source. Like when you call it religious, I would call it spiritual. You know, I, I, that, that source, that God, that, that energy, you know, that, that to me is very important. It's, it's been a massive focus for me, especially over the last sort of year or so really connecting with my inner, inner self, inner source, inner direction. And, that, and the only way you do that is, you know, as we trying to explain that a little earlier is you remove all that distraction. You, you get yourself into a, a, space where you can actually listen to yourself you can can connect to the higher version of yourself the future Mm -hmm. version of yourself because we are driven more by our future goals than we are by our past our past is like an anchor uh, but when we have bigger goals like the science site there that people who actually have goals and write them down and track towards them they are they are the way they show up each day is is reflective of the goals that they have where people who don't have goals they just show up and just usually repeat what they've done in the past like they 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 take their their past results equal their future results but the people who who then take the time to have these big goals to write down goals and all crazy stuff that always blows my mind i think something 95 percent of people don't actually write down their goals like so it blows my mind 
that only 5% of people have their goals written down. And I think something like only 1% or 2% of people from that 5% actually regularly look at their goals and update them throughout the year. Writing down your goals is almost a way of writing down your purpose. Yes. That's, that's the way that I look at it. And, and I know that this sounds absolutely insane, but one of the best practices that I ever adopted in life was sitting down and actually defining what I wanted to write, what I wanted out of life. Yes. And, and, you know, so I talked earlier, like one day I decided to wake up and become wealthy. Well, actually the next step I had after that, other than selling the Mustang convertible was to actually sit down and define my life purpose mm -hmm. at that time. So what happens when you write this down is that the words will actually hold power and then you're going to see everything from the lens of your purpose. So when I defined my life purpose, it's like, hey, we're going to make ourselves financially independent. We're going to go to X, Y, Z amount of net worth. We're going to do, you know, so that we can start our own business down the road one day. You'll look at when somebody calls you up and say, hey, let's go get pissed drunk over all the weekend. And you'll be like, I don't know, man, I'm starting my side hustle. Okay. Yeah. Or, hey, you know what? I look at that expensive car in the driveway and be like, that needs to go because I can turn that into, you know, something, a different kind of asset yeah. that's going to help me create money, right? Or create an income. What you're going to do is would you define what you want out of life? You're, it's going to, it's, you're going to be held to it. Those words are going to have power. Yes. And you're going to get to your goal. You're going to achieve your goals much quicker, but how many people actually, they would rather be distracted other than define, well, AOP, I don't know what to write. Well, sit down and write something. It doesn't have to be right on day one. No. Every now and then I still look at my, what I want out of life and I redefine it and it changes and that's okay because the, the more you grow and the more you learn about the world, what you want out of it is going to be different. Yep. I agree. And that's why you should be re refining and reflecting and changing your, your pillars, your big goals on a regular basis, because what you wanted six months ago or what you wanted a year ago might not be exactly the same thing that you wanted now. Because uh, you, you change, you grow, you, you refine, you get deeper. I, I talk about this with my clients. I mean, the t two angles here is you, what you're, first of all, what you were talking about, but defining success. I, I've heard this described as creating bumpers in your life. And the analogy is that, you know, when you go bowling, uh, when you were a kid, they would put the bumpers down the side in the gutter. Yeah, so bumper bowling, right? Bumper you bowling, can't make yeah. a mistake, right? You can't make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So every time you throw the ball down the, the, the alley, you, you hit a I love, I love this analogy, and I've used it before when I was in the classroom. Is Bumper bowling is like, it's like driving with training wheels, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's okay for like somebody who, who have never hopped on a bike before. Yes. Okay. That's it though. But like for day one, that's fine. After that, you have to be comfortable with making mistakes. Yeah, your yeah. your progress, you, you have to do a lot of the wrong things to get to the right. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's you, okay. Yeah. And that's where you create those bumpers in your life. You define success. You have these bumpers. So you actually have a target because you talked about, you know, not wanting to go out and get drunk because you had the, you define success. Oh, you're talking about like, I, oh, I see what you're saying is you're saying that those, when your definition, your purpose is going to act as a way to keep you on the rails. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. I, yes. I got what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. 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 So it's going to be like, I think of it like this. I know what you're saying, but I think of it like this. I think of it like a map in life. Mm -hmm. Right. And your purpose and your goals are going to be your roadmap. 
yes. to where you eventually want to be. And so you're on the journey. You're going to be following the road on the map to your your North Star. Yeah. And that like, and your purpose and your goals are going to keep you on that path. Yeah, they're like the GPS. They're 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 part of yes. the journey. Like you, you've got the Google Maps open, and you know you 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 you're driving down the street and you see a distraction. The Google Google Maps says turn right, and you're like, well, there's a McDonald's there on the left, and you're like, well, I've got to go right because that's my bumpers. I don't eat fast food anymore, so I'm not going to go to that McDonald's. So that's a you need to have that map, those rules, those bumpers, uh, and the other the other thing that I. I haven't quite defined yet in my life, and I don't know if it makes sense, but I, I feel like as you level up in life, you also have to level down. And what I mean about leveling down is you have to be constantly getting in touch with your true self. So you, as you level up, you get more success, but you need to actually be more in touch with who you really are. So you're leveling down to your true self, your true source, your true purpose. You're, you're, you're peeling back the ego or peeling back the layers of distraction, the, the, your past. And it's this constant sort of breaking through uh, over and over and over again. Because I think a lot of the times when people start on a personal development or a performance journey is that they think it's just like once and done. And it makes me sort of laugh a little bit. It's like, no, this is, this is, this is a constant journey. This is a constant wheel. Once you push that wheel, once you push that, that first you know, bit of snow at the top of the mountain, you're, you're on this ride it's going to avalanche you, but you have to keep going and going and going and going and going. Uh, and yeah, so as you level up, you got to level down. you got to level down to who you truly are, your true purpose, your true vision, your true direction. I'm in 100% agreement with you, man. I think that's that's beautiful, right? You have to stay grounded in a way is what you're saying, right? Yeah, because I, I, I think a lot of times we, we've seen this, you know, there's even stories about this in, in the world of lottery winners. It's like with those people who have like big, quick wins, um, they 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 drop like a Bitcoin crash, like a Luna coin, or whatever. They they because they don't actually know who they are. They they have a massive win. They 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 luckily, you know, score some ma massive amount of money, whether it's a lottery win or or, or they fell on something business wise, or or they they want you know they they invest. They in didn't Bitcoin. really earn it, right? And they know yes. kind of like deep down inside, right? Because yeah, it like is it something yeah. like eighty or not? I don't have the number in front of me, but it's like 90 percent of lottery winners go broke right yeah they, they, they go back to where they came from it's because they don't they never leveled as they got that level up they never really leveled down they never really truly got in touch with who they are they just fell straight into the distraction and they didn't have the, well, the bumpers the, the other thing about that is it's like they never that's why the journey part is so important yes because the journey part is where you're going to learn the lessons right so somebody can hand you a million dollars Right. And like, oh, I'm a millionaire. But you're, you're, you're not really because you don't hold that. You don't have the mentality of somebody who's actually gone out there and gotten it, yeah. which is why so many, you know, down a few generations later inheriting uh, money, they go broke, lottery winners, because it's all about learning and understanding the process. Yeah. And that, that, that is a massive part of the self-performance journey and the kind of what I talk about in, in the other episodes of this podcast and what I generally talk about on Twitter I and mean, you, you as well is that journey is those lessons it, it is about becoming a better version of yourself always and that is one of the that's the best thing about running a business and the best thing about the twitter journey i've been on and the life that it's given me the, the ability to leave my corporate job and start coaching people is that i think it was james clear said this first of all and i've, I've seen hundreds of people copy this on twitter and it might not even be james clear said it originally 
but like personal development is or entrepreneurship is personal development disguised as a business right i'm in a firm belief that's one of the reasons why i'm such a big it's the best kind okay here's why that is the is the best kind of self-development you can sit there and read a, a book about self-development written by another man but really what's going on is you're just getting programmed by what that other person thinks right yeah you're the the journey of self-development through starting your own business is you learning through experience through taking action through getting feedback from your customers from other people and you having to adapt and adjust to what the external world throws at you so you internalize these concepts at a much higher level than just picking up a book and reading it learning with purpose is right is so key in life and i think that's a massive thing i fell into that trap when i was still in corporate I've got marketing books that I should probably reread that I read, you know, five or six years ago before I had a business because I was reading these business books. Right, books right, right. Like, because know. those books never, you you weren't able to internalize the concepts that were inside of those marketing books until you actually did marketing. Yes, until I actually had a right. feedback loop. Like, uh, right, yeah. Because then you can look at it from context within your own life. That's yes. the problem. You can't just pick up a manual and be like, oh, I'm going to learn this just by reading about it. Well, the problem is, is that you don't have any past experience to relate it to. So the, so the lessons don't hit you quite as hard. Yeah. This is why you need to focus more on getting experience yes. and taking action. Yeah. And I, that, that's the big thing is that now I, when I read a book, they are typically, or not typically, except for maybe the odd fiction book that I would read at nighttime uh, before going to bed, everything is, is directed about suffering a constraint in my life. Whether that's marketing, whether that's offer development, whether that's my own um, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual journey, everything that I read has a direct, all, all pretty much all content. Now I'll not say all content because I, I do watch the odd TV show, not every day, but you know, but majority of my content each day is focused around offer creation. Like at the moment, I've, I've fallen back into watching Hermosi because I'm rethinking about my offer again. So I've just gone, well, what do I need? That's an example of good content, right? Yes. Because you're going to take it, you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, hey, and it sticks with you, right? You're going to discuss it with other people, you're going to think about it, and then you're going to apply those concepts to your life. Yeah. That's the difference between that and a Netflix show that you sit there and just passively watch. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, that, that I mean, I started listening to a lot of books on Audible this year. I, I hadn't done that for a while. And it's such a great hack. I, I, I know I go, out for, I go out for dog walks without my phone. But when I go out for, I go out for an hour walk, I go out for I don't know, two or three walks a day. Now I, and I, I, one of the walks I go out with, my, with the audiobook on. And it's so, so many ideas that you get from listening to, to audiobooks. But what I'm doing is that rather than just, as you say, like passively listening to it, like, oh, that was a nice idea. I'm coming back and be like, well, how do I apply that to me? A journal about it. How do I apply that in my business? How does that make me a better person? How does that improve my thinking? I just don't think that, or I feel like a lot of people don't learn like that. They don't look at content like that. As you say, it's, they passively just take content as part of entertainment and distraction, where I think over the last couple of years, everything, or majority of stuff that I know I listen to, or, or you as well, it's all about, well, what, where is the benefit for this for me? I'm with you on that, buddy. I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on all of this. I think it's great. I think that I hope that people start thinking a little bit deeper about what they want out of life and what they're what they're doing on life. And 
I hope that people aren't sitting around thinking that they need to be entertained every 24 hours of their existence. Cool. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. So we'll, we'll go into a couple of last questions. That's yeah, man. But I've got a couple of kind of uh, interesting questions to finish off and then we, we, we can uh, we, we can wrap up. But I, I always like asking this question. Um, what is a contrarian view that you have about personal development or self-development or, or just growth in, in mm -hmm. general in life? Where do you push back against the norm? Ah, oh, geez, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm known for hot takes. <laughs> so, which I think is really here's my here's my here's my contrarian view on hot takes. I, I think it's absurd that I'm even somebody who has hot takes. Like that's, that's a hot take in itself. <laughs> I think it's kind of pathetic that people go like, I read your tweet and. You know, you said X, Y, Z, and I got upset by it. Grow up. <laughs> Get a life. Right. Like, and, and, the, and the reason why I say that, and, 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 and I'm an Apollo, like if, if you've listened to something that I said today and you got offended by it, maybe you need to think about what's going on in your life a little bit more. I don't know. But I think it's kind of ridiculous that people can't speak their minds. And that you get, and people get so bent out of shape and upset about, you know, what, what they, what, what is, is the, the beauty about social media is that people can share what they believe and with the world. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's some kind of, there's forces out there that say, no, you need to fit into this box. You need to, you need to think a certain way. That's hindering people on the journey of self-development. Yes. Because they're never being able to, they're never given the opportunity to internalize certain ideas and concepts. I think critical thinking. So does that is, make does that make yeah, sense to you? Hundred percent. Is is it's it's that my contrarian take is that contrarian take should be the norm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Yeah, I get that. I think that the the sort of outrage that you get when you say something online that people don't agree with. Uh, I mean, polarization is, is is pure dopamine, but there's a difference between a polarization and a contrarian take. A contrarian. I don't think polarization is dopamine. I think if I wrote a tweet and people shook their head in agreement with, that would be a cheap dopamine hit, right? Mm. Like some kind of platitude. A polarization is kind of on the other side of the coin. Polarization is going to get a discussion going, okay? And that's what we need more of in society. We need people feeling more comfortable with being able to share who they really are. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's and not, not going shot down for it. Yes. 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 Cause I think when, when you start to share more of your core beliefs that you usually get somebody from like, and your core belief might po be polarizing to somebody uh, else, but it, to other people, it's not polarizing. They hundred percent agree with it. So it, right, but, but, when but it's a good it's, thing that the discussion is taking place. Yeah, and that's because you're point. learning more. Why? Because you're learning more about the human experience. Yeah, and how people are. Yes, and so so many people are willing to come in and say, "Hey, I'm going to cancel or get rid of this person, or silence this person, or to, why? Why?" I think it's all right. The, the 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 part of where we're discussing and we're learning more about other people. I yeah. think that's the beauty of social media. I, I think that it's true. I think that the the ability to have the sort of more sort of I don't know, call them tough conversations or critical thinking conversations. It's almost like they're 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 removed. 
because of the 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 people who actually want to have a conversation are drowned out by the overreacting on either side or or just the 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 the, uh, the people who get offended <laughs> that's offensive right <laughs> uh, <laughs> well the thing is 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 you you need to think whenever you have an inverse reaction to something you need to think about why you had that there yeah, I, I, that is a great I, I don't know who said that to me I, it might have been you a couple of years ago you need to self-reflect because yeah. there's something if something is really 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 truly bothering you it might be something that has happened in your life yeah. or there's something that has turned you now hey look when you hear that gary glitter song i get it you have standards right it's yeah. not the reaction that's the problem it's that person there but when you're sitting there like yesterday i posted a meme about you know just a meme got like ten thousand likes i guess that's cool right but you know i, I talked about how engine <laughs> i i talked about how engineers used to build roads that lasted for eternity and now engineers today with degrees produce potholes all the time and then there's so many people who are getting upset by this meme you see this without a single degree they built roads that have lasted an eternity oh, and there's like the roman road. roads yeah. and then engineers arrived and like it's all potholes and, and there's a lot of people that just we're getting upset by this or they get upset when i say i tweeted out by age 30 your friends should be talking about building their lives and their businesses instead of watching netflix i had a tweet like that get 20 million views steven yeah. 20 million views. like think about how crazy that is 20 million views it was being talked about all over on like the reddit sites of the world and you know and people were really upset by that I, it I was like i was tweet. yeah you remember it and and they were getting really upset, but maybe they were getting really upset because there's deep a, somewhere in their lives, they truth. know that there's uh, there's a truth to yeah, it. Yeah, it hurts. And then maybe they need to think about that. Like maybe their friends, they should be surrounding themselves with better people. Or maybe they shouldn't be just sitting around being entertained all day and be thinking about how they can improve their lives. I was shocked. At, I remember that tweet blowing up and I remember reading some of the comments and stuff. I, I was shocked at how like how many people really took that to heart like i i was like i was puzzled i'm like you know it's we we it's common knowledge that that netflix and media is pretty much a waste of time yeah uh, when i tweeted it out i wasn't really thinking it was going to get 20 million impressions like yeah. i was like oh yeah well you know your friends should be doing this instead of that you know and that's gonna who you network your network is your net worth you know yeah. and and then people really got upset by that tweet it was kind of funny, but again, you know, when anybody gets upset about something, I think there is an, an element of themselves that there's a part of them that knows that's a truth, or or there's a part of them that that, yes. that they're they're hiding from. When, when you when you get that triggered over something that benign, yes, over, over a bunch of words that's... on the screen, you know, it's it, there is definitely, and it's not even it's not even like you were being purposely awful about somebody or someone or some group that was it was just just a general uh know. yeah it's a good point these I mean, the only thing i called out was some brand some corporation that's worth a gazillion dollars yeah and people started defending it <laughs> and people this is the sad thing this is why and i've noticed these tweets are very powerful is yeah. when you name a brand so people the, the sad thing about reality is some people tie their personality into these brands so when I called out Netflix, the reason why it got such a strong adverse reaction is because 
people tie their identity into that name and into that brand. And it was almost felt like they were personally attacked. It yeah. didn't have, which is sad because I didn't put their name in the tweet. I put a brand that they think that they are part of. That's a, that's a very astute way to look at it. The, the, the connection, that the identity that people put on their lives. Yeah, is crazy. It's almost like I watch, I mean, you watch baseball. I still watch um, English soccer. Um, I watch the probably you know one game a week. I usually watch the team yeah. It's about course. what I watch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I try not to watch the rest of the get caught up in the other games or anything. I, I just watch the well, watch the team that I support, and then I, I kind of ignore the rest of it. But I always find it how passionate and how much like uh, people whole identity is wrapped up in a sports team, and. You know, it's it's similar with other larger brands as well. You know, the different. You know, you think you, you think about maybe some people who go to a certain gym or spin spinning classes or CrossFit or whatever. You know, it becomes their identity. I mean, that's a health slightly healthier than Netflix, but it's it's like your identity should never be something that's external. I agree. I agree. I stopped watching American football completely for lots of reasons. And a few people that, you know, were part of my, I guess, past life, as you could say, were actually upset that I stopped watching, you know, a certain football team or, and they, you know, some of them would message me about it and just like, could not believe, like they thought I was, they just could not, be, literally not believe that I stopped watching. I, I, I just didn't feel like I wanted that presence around in my life anymore. It wasn't bringing me any value. So I decided to cut it out. And I haven't felt, I, you know, honestly, my levels of happiness have increased since removing that. Yep. So some, I agree. Some people have their identity about who they are tied up into a sports team or a brand. And there's a lot more going on in life, man, than, you know, putting other people on a pedestal and they're just other human beings, just like you. Exactly. exactly. That's the red pill. Yeah, everybody. Everybody has an opportunity to do something amazing with their life. This 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 miracle that we all get an opportunity yes. to roll the dice on, and you know it's up to us mm -hmm. to decide what we want to do with that. And if you think about it, if you if you love those sports people so much, think just think how relentless they have been to get to that level. Like anybody who plays any high level of sport has been relentless to get to that level. And if you were to take that as a lesson from those people and be relentless about something that's unique to you and your skill and, and everybody, I think everybody has a unique ability. I think everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that they are innately good at. Uh, obviously they can get better at it with focusing on it and working on it and training and, and you know, making it a part of their lives. But if you were, if you were to, if, if you're watching sport that intently, if you're watching TV that intently, you think about the best actors in the world, they're just relentless with their craft. Right. You know, if you can take that lesson, if you're if you're taking that lesson from watching, yeah, sports, it's about the lesson, right? Like I, I, I think Tom Brady is cool because I mean, think about it. He's yeah, forty two. He's my age, he's and he is out there winning a Super Bowl with a no name team, and he's in perfect health, and he's getting hit by dudes that are twenty five. Well, are... perfect health. His knees are probably robotic at this point. But... Well, for he's he's I wouldn't say in perfect health, but, yeah, but I know he is. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. He's, like you know, uh, he is. He's a he's a he's a once in a lifetime. The lesson from him and how he's been able to maintain that is, I think that's important, but that, that, that's just a lesson. It's a takeaway. And I, I like the way that you, that's healthy watching, right? You're yeah. looking at it for the lesson.
Yeah, I, I actually, the, the reason why the word relentless is on my mind was I actually listened to Tim Grover's book, Relentless, in the last couple of months. And he was MJ's coach, Michael, Michael Jordan's coach. And he was also the coach to a bunch of other, like Kobe as well, and other basketball players. And I, I think I'm pretty good at high performance. But when I listened to that book, I was like, holy shit, the bar. Like the levels those guys are at. The, 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 the absolute commitment to their craft is insane just absolutely insane absolutely yeah i've been i've been in the art and the music world my whole life and how people dedicate themselves to crafts is just absolutely amazing it is and that's that's what we do in a daily business of twitter <laughs> that's right that's the way i actually approach it there's no difference i think there's writing no it, difference. you know getting into it like i i i've had an identity kind of shift over the last sort of year um i i, I hold my i hold myself to a high standard yeah I'll, t I'll put it to you like that when I create content online. Yeah. I hold myself to the highest standard. It's just who I am, and it's just been how I've been trained my whole life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in, involved in the art world since I was five, and I know what it takes to get up on a stage and produce. Yeah. So I don't see Twitter as anything different than being up on the stage of an I, opera house. I love that view. I love that viewpoint. Yeah. I, think, I think for me as well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've. I didn't do that great at school or, or you know, I wasn't that academically crafted. I've always been pretty talented or committed to sports, you know, or just, you know, just kind of finding something and being you know, very passionate about different things. I mean, school was never really set up for me. Um, I didn't like the, the sort of the, I don't know, the exams, you know, learning stuff for the sake of learning. But what I will say is like over the last few months, year, like this idea about writing better, having better structure to writing, having that high standards, you know, not, not uh, falling into the trap of, of doing this sort of like constant platitude bullshit that happens right. on, on, on Twitter. Um, and you know, I think it's, 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 it's a tough journey. Cause I see a lot, I see a lot of like cut and paste stuff out there and I, you're, you're probably similar, but I, for, for me is, you know, when it comes to being a performance coach, to attract the right kind of clients, you know, you fall into the trap of, of oh, this platitude thread is going to get me 2,000 likes, or am yeah. I going to post this really cool, in depth thread that's only going to get me 200 likes, but it might get me two or three clients? Do you know, there's, right. the, I think JK Molina says, I think I love this. Well, term. you need to understand likes, likes and cash. I love that term. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I agree with that kind of. Yeah. Um, I think likes are potential, so you can translate yes. them in the cash if you know how. They're part of the journey. They're part of it, right? It's part of the game. Now, what what I think is, is you have to understand why you're there, right? If yeah. you are there on the two land clients, yeah, then you only need a couple hundred likes on a thread. But I, you know, and I've seen it like this. I've seen guys write threads that have gotten three hundred thousand plus likes organically and they've made forty thousand dollars from them, right? Yeah. So are likes cash? I don't know. To me. I I've seen guys go viral and make tons of money, money from yeah. landing clients on it because they get so much traffic that they have an offer that they can bring them to. And then they're making sales yeah. now. Yeah. Well, but, and again, it, it all just, it, it, it's all about you understanding why you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with posting a, what people would call a platitude if if <laughs> it's something that is genuinely 
you truly believe in or um so or it's there's a message behind it that you're trying to promote it's if it's coming from an authentic point of view yeah. there's nothing wrong with posting a platitude right if it's if you're posting a platitude in your entire you know and, and again i'm not here to judge some people will just write a platitude just for the sole reason of growing their account so that they can sell retweets or something like that down the road yes. i'm but you know what i'm not going to judge that person because they may be living in a third world country and they may be like well i only need to make a thousand dollars usd with my twitter account and i'll be living in luxury in my country yes. and that's what some people do yeah is there anything wrong with that nope no, 100%. There, it's, a win. it's a win for them. It's a huge. It's win a win for them. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and AOP look down on some guy who's sitting halfway around the world and go shake my finger, bad guy. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> consume their content, right? Like I have no interest in their content. Yeah, but I think, uh, like you know, I've written some, you know, what you could call platitudes, but you know, they've performed pretty well. Uh, like I had one, my biggest self-care tip is start letting other people win arguments on yeah, purpose. That's a great one. Well, I'm a big fan of that, right? Yeah. Because I'm a big fan of conserving your energy and, you know, not being distracted. So with some people, and I use this in normal life, it's almost a reminder to myself. Like, 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 even though it's a platitude, it's kind of like a tweet that I wish I knew. I used to be one of those guys that would have to win the argument. Or yeah. have to, and and a lot of guys are like that. I think it's normal. For, it's how guys are wired. Uh, but over time, I've realized that you know you're not going to change somebody's opinion by brutally hitting them over the head with this one idea and getting an argument about that. And it's only going to be you know get to the point where it's just like okay, sure. And then there's been people who have come up to me very confrontational in real life, and this is hilarious. I've actually done this where guys get like in my regular people. And they're getting upset by something and they'll get upset at me and then i go you know what you're right and they'll be like and i said this to one guy who was just, and like he had no he had never heard anybody say that like all this person he's like one of those drama the one we were talking about earlier right there's no real internal dialogue they're just getting upset about you know they don't like being alone in their thoughts so there's always some constant source of drama we'll tell those people you know what you're right and they'll be taking aback by that because they're 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 not sure how to compute that next move. And you actually wind up winning because yeah. you wind up getting your time back, and that's what matters, right? That is, yeah, because if you when you have more freedom of time, you have more time to focus on your self performance. You have more time to right. focus on you. You have more time to focus on your business, focus on your family, focus on the things that matter most to you. And and I think getting in arguments with people online, offline. At any time. Oh, isn't that the worst? Yeah. That's why I said I also had another platitude that really well. Uh, delete your Facebook. I think that was pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or deleting your Facebook is the highest form of self-care. Self yeah. <laughs> I think that got 2,000 likes. Again, there's a platitude, but that was on my mind. It was relevant. Yeah. And, you know, you go on the sites like Facebook and all you do is, is all I do is see people argue about politics. Here are you doing is spending your day arguing about people who don't even care about you. Yeah. Facebook is just kind of sad. It is kind of sad. The news as well. I mean, I haven't watched the news in years. Um, you know, I get my news from Twitter basically, or I have a Twitter account that I, a second one that I go on and sometimes I'll, I'll quickly do a, a search, but generally I have not watched any type of 
news for years. But when, I remember when Trump first got into power, I watched a bit of the late night show stuff because it was just kind of funny. But then I just realized, what am I doing wasting my time doing this? It's like four or five years ago now, or mm-hmm. six years ago. Um, you know, watching Colbert and other people, but I, I stopped that pretty quickly. Uh, it's just a waste of time. Right, yeah. It's such an it's like very negative energy. And there's yeah. people who wake up and they go on Facebook and they get outraged by what their neighbors and other people think. Y'all, that's part of the plan. That's why Facebook exists. Facebook exists so that you distrust your neighbors. Yeah. And that you distrust other people and you become more jaded and more cynical about the world. Yeah, yeah. and and I and I honestly I have a belief in one of the reasons why I'm, I was thinking of actually deleting TikTok is I actually Oh, that was my other tweet too. I followed that up with uh deleting your TikTok is self-care. I was, I couldn't decide which one to post because I I was trying to sit there and think like which one was a worse social media site like TikTok or Facebook. I don't know. I still can't figure that one out. I think it actually is Facebook, but it probably is Facebook. But I, I think there's something, something about TikTok that 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 um, troubles me a little bit because it's it's just something about it. mainly for my attention. Because I, I sometimes I'll go on and see like, well, what are other people doing to get follows? And the next thing you know, just like time disappears. Oh, that's um, true. And, and it's just it's very. Uh, the, the whatever way the algorithm is, it just sucks you in. So I, I, I've deleted it actually off my main phone and I have a second mm. phone that I use to post on TikTok and I actually have to go in the drawer and it, the battery doesn't last very long on it so I can't spend that long on the phone. It's an old iPhone 5 from years ago. Purposely putting TikTok and Instagram on that phone because I don't have the battery life on that phone for it to last more than like maybe 30 minutes. So I, I, I just, it's, it's creating these like little friction points in my life. Like if I'm going to go on, uh, I'm gonna not go on that long, but yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's a different story for a different podcast. Uh, you know, talking about the evils of TikTok and Facebook. But the wrap up. Oh, we can we can definitely talk about the future of social media one day. I something that I think a lot about, and hopefully, and is why it's important to social media is you. That's why you need to get on it, and you have the power to dictate its future. Yeah, personal brand. I, I think that's one of the biggest the biggest mindset or red pill moments I had in my life or mm. mindset shifts is I applied for jobs years ago in about 2015, 16, when I was trying to get out of working retail. And I applied for a couple of uh, places, uh, like they were tech startups in Vancouver. They had leadership positions. And both of the application forms were like, hey, w- what's your LinkedIn? What's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? And I like literally wasn't on anything at that point. Mm-hmm. I had like a really basic Instagram. And I never got through to the second round of interviews. And I've got, I, at that point, I had 10 plus years of really good managerial experience. Like, I'm, I, I consider myself a very good leader in that environment. Uh, I've always been promoted well. I've always held fairly high leadership positions in any organization I worked in. And these, or this, the, the leadership roles I was applying for were lower than what I was used to, but I wanted to get out of where I was. And I felt really let down. I felt like one of the reasons why I didn't get those roles or even through to the interview stage was I had no social media presence. So I said to myself back in like 2016, 17. Yeah, but you're looking at it from a business perspective now, like social media presence. But regular people don't form a Facebook or a Twitter account for a social media presence. They they go there to be entertained Mm. or be distracted, right? Yeah. So that's what they're... And then what they want to do is, and why does your job want it, right? They're not looking at your social media presence. They want to know who you follow, what your ideas are, so that they can keep tabs on you. That's right. Good, it's just point. another way of seeing. Right. It's another way they can see you and monitor you. Mm, you're not using. So you have to really be consciously aware of what you're using social media for. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 
which is the reason why I started my account. And that's the reason why my handle is creation 24 seven, because you should be on social media for the purpose of creating, which is why our course is called create 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's That's what you should be using social media for. Yeah. And that's what I'll ask, you know, as we're wrapping up, you know, I have one last question and then you can talk about um, how people can find you, what your offers are, where to go, uh, you know, tell all the listeners. But the last question I want to ask you is a very quick one. If you could have everybody in the world wear a t-shirt, a printed t-shirt for one day, what would that t-shirt say on it? Be good. Be good. Love it. That's it. I love it. Be good. That's all you need to be. And it would be right around where your heart, right? Because spiritually, that's where you should be. Right. If you align yourself with trying to improve the world and make it better for future generations, you're somebody that I'm going to want to be around. I love that. It's great. That's a be good. I love it. So tell tell the listeners AOP where where can they find you? Tell them about your course, your your masterclass, your community, uh, any uh, any other offers you want to talk about. If you want to learn how to grow on social media and build your own for, and use learn how to use social media the right way, check out the course create 24 seven steven you'll put that in the notes right for this so just check in the notes of this part and then uh, we also have a community full of like-minded people steven's in there as well there's actually an interview of me with steven we should probably have you back on at some point this is masterclass masterclass 247.com it's also link in the notes it's a community of like-minded social media entrepreneurs we're all there to help and support each other as we grow on social media get you there a lot quicker than any other groups that are out there because you're going to actually learn how and what you need to do the right way to grow on social media so check us out there check us out in masterclass check us out and create and if you want to just give me a follow i'm fine with that as well go to twitter at creation 24 7 the art of purpose thank you for listening and thank you i really enjoyed this conversation man it was like chatting with a old friend of mine <laughs> and I'd love to come back on and I actually love to have you down on the road and talk with us in masterclass again. I'd, uh, you'll be back on at some point for sure. I'd love to have a deeper conversation, maybe even have like a two or three way conversation about the future of social media. Ooh, that would be a lot of, I have a lot, I have a lot of hot takes, a lot of hot takes on that. And they're really hot. They're really hot. And it's like, uh Oh, some people may not like them, but yeah. it's okay. That's, All right. that's fun. And I okay. always, always, always more than happy to jump on anything in masterclass as I am a, I am a member. I am there hanging out there in the background watching what's going on. I should probably get more active. I've been sitting on the sidelines a little bit in there, but yeah, awesome to have you on, uh, art of purpose, AOP. Absolutely fantastic to talk to you. Yeah. You're one of my oldest Twitter friends, I think, uh, oh, man. you and, uh, you and, uh, save your sons and a few other people back, back summer of 2020 <laughs> that's right uh, good times the heydays but yeah awesome to have you on uh, absolute pleasure any last words for the listeners for this episode no i appreciate y'all listening today head to creation 24 7 on twitter give a follow and if you have any questions about this podcast you can always reach out with me right reach out to me and if you have a follow-up question i'll be more than happy to answer just send me a dm directly on twitter you can do that it's awesome And we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for your time today. And go and enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate you, homie. Have a good one. Make it a good one. Thank you for joining me for this deep dive performance origins episode of the SPS podcast. If you want to check out me on any of my socials, you can head on over to at Stephen Timoney. That's 
at S-T-E-V-E-T-I-M-O-N-E-Y at Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram. And then you can slide on over to my main website, which is stephentimoney.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-T-I-M-O-N-E-Y.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to check out all my other episodes off the podcast, they'll be on my website. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Make it a good one, and we'll see you in the next one.